Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM, The Ticket. This is Bronco Focus with the voice of Boise State Athletics, Bob Beeler. Bob Beeler, Friday edition, Bronco Focus, and Bob can't wait for this one. First off, welcome. But you have four questions entering spring football for this football program. Go for it, Bobby. All right, as we look at the questions that I have as they take the field for spring, and I had a chance uh, yesterday when the assistant coaches met the media to ask some of the questions to these assistant coaches in the position groups that I have questions for. So we're going to start off with Matt Miller, the wide receivers coach. My number one question heading into spring is how do they make up for Shakir? 77 catches, that's 30% of the catches. 1,117 yards, that's 36% of the yards. But if you look at just receivers, that's 43% of the yards caught by a wide receiver and 7 out of the 20 touchdowns, so that's 35% of the touchdowns. So, Matt... How do you make up for losing Khalil Shakir? I think the same thing. It's the small little details, um, the intricacies of our offense. How can we do it a little bit better? Uh, it might be a split here. It might be a technique there. But um, just trusting your fundamentals and techniques to go make the scheme and do it at a very, very high level. And that's what I'm really excited about this group This in the spring ball is can we do those small little things really, really well for 15 practices? Do you need somebody to emerge as the guy, as a receiver? I don't know if you need a guy to step up. I'm just excited for the entire group to have the opportunity to showcase their abilities. And um, like I said, they're a very tight-knit group. And if it's a receiver by committee, I think we're very capable of doing that. If there's a couple of guys that step up and be in primary roles, they're capable of doing that too. And I think that's the exciting part about coaching these guys right now is you can go a lot of different ways. But they're all competitors, and they all work their tails off, and that makes me a pretty happy coach. Second question I had is how does the defense get better? Last year they allowed 19 points a game, which I think is good. 364 yards a game, I'd say that's fair. And when you look at the rushing, 157 yards a game, I think that wasn't that good. But they did force turnovers, and I think that's why the point total is low compared to what the yards look like they should yield. They forced 23 turnovers. So I asked Kane Ione, who was the safeties coach, what he wanted to see as the defense as a whole getting better this year. Just being consistent. Just a consistency of how we go about our business every single day will lead to the consistency that we want to see on the field. You know, there was glimpses of us as a defense that we were absolutely, I mean, nails. And then there was other glimpses where it was the complete opposite, and there was a lot of in-between. And so how for us to just continue to push and emphasize that consistency and all of our little details, all the little habits will help us be the defense that we want to be from a consistent standpoint on Saturdays. And so that's the process. That's what we're working on every single day from this point going forward. And really what we started when 2022 rolled around. And uh, if we can get that done, uh, I feel really good about what we can accomplish as a defense. Offenses go as the offensive line does, and Tim Keene is the offensive line coach, and he had to use a number of different combinations, both for injuries and also for effectiveness. Several mainstays are out this spring, and I think the offensive line taking a big step would be a big reason for this team to go, say, from 7 to 10 or 11 wins. So, Coach Keene, what's your plan for the offensive line this spring? That's the good thing about spring is that you don't have to worry about um... – Development, like we're going to force development out of guys. We got Mason Randolph's going to be playing a lot of right guard for us this spring, and he'd be a guy like maybe he'd get certain reps and split reps with some, a couple other guys, and we, we just kind of slowly bring him along. And spring is like, no, this guy's going to get all of the reps, and he's going to get a ton of development, and he's going to know because so often in football, coaches like we talk about it on like a piece of paper on a whiteboard or 
on the video, but like those guys see it through their face mask. And the only way to like really experience that is to get a bunch of reps. So guys like Mason Randolph are going to get a bunch of reps. Our new our new transfer from Washington State, Cade, is going to get a bunch of reps. Our uh, incoming our freshman that just got on campus, Cage Casey, is going to get a bunch of reps. So those guys are going to have a chance to kind of develop this book of knowledge so they can, again, play with that confidence, that mentality that we're asking them to. The fourth position I want to take a look at is the defensive line. I think you win college football games on both sides of the ball in the trenches. And I asked Coach Frank Miley how he gets more out of his position. I thought they could have been better last year against the run and also at getting sacks. The last half of the season was really good. I think um, our guys understood where we were halfway through. wasn't what wasn't near where we wanted to be, uh, and they did something about it. You know, they were more intentional about you know everyone taking accountability for it, uh, coaches, players alike, and making sure that the locker room was on the same page as far as like, listen, there's only one way, and we got to hold each other accountable. And the leadership in the locker room did a great job. If you look at some of the guys coming back, you've got a lot of veterans returning. Who do you expect to maybe take the biggest step from where they were last year to this year? Obviously, you have Matlock, you know, and he's done a great job. He's growing as a leader in our room. You know, he's not, he's not a huge rah-rah guy. You know, everyone follows him because of his example, but he's done a great job in a leadership role, uh, making sure, again, same deal, trying to carry over the, the last half of last season as far as the accountability piece. Uh, so it allows us to compete at a higher level. Uh, but he's done a great job. Um, you know, re- really, he's the one everyone looks to in my room. And so the other guys, there's not a lot of lot of talkers, you know what I mean? Those guys love the work, and uh, they work hard, and they've done a great job. So uh, I'm excited about all of them. Great information, Bob. And we all had a chance to meet with the old coaches and some of the new coaches, uh, as you just pointed out. And even though there's some new stuff here, for the most part, this is now a veteran coaching staff in its second year. What are your expectations for this staff going into that second year? Well, I think they're going to be so much more comfortable, and I'm talking about the guys that uh, you know were here last year. I think they're going to be more comfortable with the players because they'll know what they're capable of doing. I think they're going to be more comp- competent in knowing the schemes because you had a, you know, maybe they knew some of the schemes, but it was new for those guys working on both sides of the ball with the schemes they put in. Mm-hmm. And I also think the the new coaches that they're bringing in, Papinga and Warren, especially on the defensive side of the ball, and then Bonaparte on the offensive side of the ball, are so much really more experienced than the person that that, that they're replacing. So I, I think that you've got a lot more experienced coaching guys that have been around, and I, I think that they have to be so much further ahead today on the opening day of spring ball than they were last year. Now, does that translate into two or three more wins? I kind of think it might, because I think everybody's going to be settled into their roles. You have a second-year head coach, you have a second-year offensive coordinator, you have a second-year defensive coordinator, and none of those people were in the positions at that high a level as they had been this past year. So I think, in addition to the players being better, I I think the experience is going to help the coaches, too. Bob, safe travels this weekend. We'll be uh, eager to hear your call tomorrow. What's the schedule looking like? Well, people are going to need to be ready a half an hour earlier. The game uh, tomorrow night at Colorado State is going to tip at 6.30, not 7. So our pregame show will start at 6 from uh, Fort Collins. Interesting. I don't think either team's going to want to show their A material, but both teams, I think, would like the win to set themselves up for maybe a higher seed line in the NCAA tournament. I'm going to find it interesting to see how both coaches attack it. We got football going on. We got basketball, March Madness. Beeler, I know you're busy and always appreciate the time. And another edition of Bronco Focus. Have a great weekend, pal. Thanks, guys. Yep. And Bob, uh, next week, by the way, uh, we're going to have Bob do basketball.
all week on Bronco Focus. He'll be in Las Vegas for the Mountain West Conference basketball tournament. It's going to be a fun one. But Prater, there's still one game left tomorrow, as Bob was saying, in Fort Collins against Colorado State. And uh, how just will Leon Rice and his staff and this team approach it? You say there's absolutely nothing to play for here. There is nothing to play for. That's a fact. We know that for a fact. But uh, exactly how you approach it is the debate here. We, we, we know the answer. You're going to win this debate because Leon Rice already spoke yesterday and said business as usual. He doesn't even know that they're playing in the Mountain West Tournament next week. He doesn't even know that they've qualified for the NCAA Tournament. He's focused on beating Colorado State, and I'm not sure why. I understand mm-hmm. the competitive side. I understand the routine side. I understand, you know, the, the superstitious side of coaches. If we've done it this way all season long, dang it, we got to keep doing it. But sometimes a good coach has, and I'm not saying he's not a good coach. I'm not beating up Leon in this segment. I just don't think I would spend a lot of time and energy uh, before, during, or after tomorrow night's game because it means nothing. Everything that Boise State does from here on out, you have to prepare for the NCAA tournament, the Mountain West tournament, Colorado State tomorrow is worthless. I just need you to text me a yes or a no. A yes means Boise State should have made the same operation, same system that they've had all season. A no means no, they should treat this game a little differently because there's not essentially anything at stake. Yes or no, text our Cloverdale Plumbing text line 208424 9,300. We'll read some of those texts a little later. We'll reveal our contest winner for the Khalil Shakir 40-time extravaganza. We had over 100 people texting in with the 40 number, and we do, JP, have a winner. I love it. Okay. We do have a winner. Next up, how about a little Bronco Nation news report with the one and only B.J. Reigns. What are we talking to B.J. about, Praters? A little Boise State basketball and football. Boise State basketball and football, a double shot of reigns. Next on Prater in the Ball Game, this is Idaho Sports Talk. KTIK, the ticket. Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM, the ticket.